Hello and welcome to Money Light. This is Sucheta Dilal. We will continue our saga of corporate defaults because I keep saying we the people pay for those big bank defaults when the exchequer puts money from the union budget to bail out banks. So this time we are not going to talk about public sector banks. In fact, I'm going to tell you this murky and strange story about ICICI Bank bailing out a large group called Lanco and especially its Australian coal mine. I wonder what that is, right? So some of you may remember that in February 2014, a member of parliament sprayed pepper spray on his colleagues. In a subsequent interview, he even called them a mob. Now, this was no ordinary member of parliament. He happened to be a Congress MP and he was the founder of a 35,000 crore group called the Lanco Group. This group grew almost in tandem with his political rise in the 90s, managed to back contracts, get huge bank loans and obviously benefited from his political connections. He had interests in power, infrastructure, natural resources and what is called EPC, which is Engineering Procurement and Construction. In 2010, this group was growing so much and so ambitiously it wanted a global footprint, so it acquired a coal mine in Australia. It's called the Griffin Coal Mine. This was in Western Australia and he paid 750 million Australian dollars for it. Now, keep that in mind. We're going to come back to it later. Let me just say over here that the coal mine was reportedly acquired by paying a fat premium, more than he should because it was being bought from a bankrupt group and it had the strange involvement of ICICI Bank. But I'm sure you've forgotten about Lanco because it's no longer the headlines. So let me remind you a bit. The second term of what is called UPA2, United Progressive Alliance, which is a coalition, was a time when banks were virtually conducting a loan mela for large corporate houses. They were funding mindless diversification, turning a blind eye to rampant diversion of loan funds, even fraud. In fact, I told you this last week in my video blog where I said time after time, a forensic audit after a default turns up with fraud, but wasn't seen or noticed or followed up when it should have been. Now, these large corporate houses, when they default, that's not the end of the story. The problem is kicked forward because they get a generous concession in the form of corporate debt restructuring. Remember, it's called CDR, Corporate Debt Restructuring from Banks. Lanco was no exception. It was politically powerful and an Andhra Pradesh-based company expanded rapidly because, like I said, its skill at bagging infrastructure contracts and funded by massive bank loans like several large groups at that time, many of them from Andhra Pradesh, GMR, GVK, You name it, and they were all over India's infrastructure, building airports, building ports, building roads, and of course, power projects. Lanco was big in infrastructure, especially power. Lanco's Rajgopal was also a member of parliament. That tells you his clout. In 2006, he put all these companies under one holding company called Lanco Infratech Limited. This was a group holding company, it was consolidating entities. In 2011, it was still growing, UPA2, remember, and it had even become the largest private power supplier in India. But this does not mean it was profitable. In fact, 
even before the pepper spray episode, Lanco was already defaulting on its loans and even struggling to pay salaries. So in December 2013, one year before the elections, it wangled a 9,000 crore CDR. Now, given the kind of defaults you've been hearing about in the last two, three years, you would think, what's a big deal? But 9,000 crore was a large sum for a CDR at that time. And what did it include? Reduction in interest rates, fresh loans of 2,500 crore, restructuring of bank guarantees, letters of credit, two-year moratorium on repayment. Do you ever get that on your housing loan or your motorcycle loan? But they had it. Now, the deal was so outrageous that Money Life Foundation, a not-for-profit sister entity of ours, which does advocacy for financial customers, actually wrote to Raghuram Rajan, the governor of the Reserve Bank of India, and requested him to order an investigation into how the CDR package was pushed through even though some banks were reluctant to be so generous. I'm not saying all of this today. We wrote about it then. If you want to read our 2013 articles, we will provide you links here. You can Google Money Life and get to them because it was all there in black and white, including we have published our letter to Dr. Raghuram Rajan. Did anything happen? No. In fact, it's only in August 2017 that IDBI Bank was finally instructed by the Reserve Bank of India to begin proceedings under the brand new bankruptcy law. So, all that started now in 2017. Is it any surprise that all those restructured loans have ended up as big defaults in the bank's books? Because the business just crumbled. That's why you don't hear the group anymore. And the political clout has also crumbled. Now, Former IDBI banker tells us about one particular case, just an example how this works. Lanco Baban Par Limited. He says the credit appraisal was a joke. The company obtained generous loan for its 1320 megawatt power project. Like all the projects, it was eventually liquidated. You know for how much? 198 crore. Because there were no serious bidders when it went under bankruptcy resolution. And what was the amount owed to secured creditors, which is usually banks, public sector banks? 6,217 crore. That was the extent. Only secured creditors. Okay. And what was it liquidated for? 198 crores. This is one company in the group. This gives you an idea of the kind of losses that banks have taken on behalf of large corporate defaults. And even in this company, the banker tells us there was evidence of diversion of funds to the tune of 2,000 crore, excess funding given to an EPC contractor, which was again a group company, all of it buried. Now, let's leave all that aside for the moment and come to the Australian story, which is hotting up. Now, why Australia? Because like I told you, that 750 million purchase of Griffin Coal. The Australian media has been doing a dogged follow-up of what is happening with this. Why? Because there's a huge energy crisis in Australia and every company that is going to supply coal and produce power matters. So they're looking closely at what's happening. This Australian media company, ABC News, has really opened a can of worms and it shows how Lanco, right then in 2010, had purchased a lemon and the bankers who agreed to fund this were either clueless, ignorant or complicit. I'm again giving links to all the articles because there are detailed reports by ABC News. I'm going to give you a gist, the headline, as it pertains to India. And those of you who are interested enough can click on those links and go to our website, look at the article, go to ABC News and read what has been 
exposed in terms of questionable deals, not only by Lanco in the purchase of Griffin Coal, but as I said, more importantly, ICICI Bank. So, Griffin Coal is also under liquidation now in Australia. It has been a crucial link in Western Australia's energy requirements and hence warrants special attention from their press and from that country. So, here are highlights of what they have been reporting since August this year. They point out that 2010, Lanco Infrastech bought this company, Griffin Coal, paid $750 million. The claim at that time was that the coal would be exported to India. Did bankers check whether it can be exported? Apparently, this misadventure made losses right from the beginning for several reasons. And I'm going to quote what ABC News says. Realistically, it says Lanco was sold a pup, a mirage that it could dig up millions of tons of coal every year and export the fuel to a country thousands of kilometers away. Why was this a mirage? Because the area where this coal mine was, Western Australia, was landlocked. It was not even near a port, which means that the mine would have to invest huge amounts in just the infrastructure to carry the coal to the ports. And building that infrastructure adds to the cost, adds to time. So it was unviable from the word go. Griffin Coal also had several long-term contracts with a bunch of power producers, which it had to honor, that too at a price that barely covered the cost of production. These are things that bankers have to check at the time they give a loan. Did they? I mean, think about it for yourself. Here's a link again to a detailed story. So, despite efforts to keep Griffin Coal afloat, it went under receivership in October 2022, says ABC News. Now, a most stunning revelation is that ICICI Bank stepped in to make a bad situation even worse, according to ABC News, by funding the transfer of Griffin's, Griffin's ownership to itself. They do not have the details of the exact mechanism through which this happened, but the report says that Griffin Coal owes a staggering Australian 1.4 billion, so it's gone up now to 1.4 billion, to so-called secured creditors. And ICICI Bank is by far the biggest of those, accounting for 80 to 90 percent of this 1.4 billion. Why has it put itself in that position? So, none of us knows about this because ICICI Bank has made no public disclosure about Griffin Coal, either to regulators or its own shareholders. According to ABC News, things became public only in August 2022 when Griffin Coal went into liquidation and ICICI Bank was involved in a fight to attempt to acquire it, leading to revelations in court documents. That is a separate article that they published. A more serious revelation is that ICICI Bank lent 60 million Australian dollars to an already beleaguered Griffin Coal, put in more money, not directly, but through a little known and heavily indebted company with a near junk credit rating. This company is called Sindhu Trade Links. It's a loss-making company listed in India. Look it up on the Indian BSC or NSC website. ABC News goes on to say that Sindhu Trade Links is a big lender to Griffin Coal, not directly again, but through a subsidiary that it has called Oceana Resources, which is so tiny that it has almost no net assets. Its net assets are only 784,722 Australian dollars. 
and its revenue is just 6.4 million as of March 2020. Now, why would ICICI do this deal? Obviously, we asked the question. I also sent an email. But let me complete what ABC News says. It quotes the receiver, Matt Donnelly of Deloitte, as saying, he calls it bizarre and a murky twist that Oceana borrowed the 60 million from ICICI, which subordinated, subordinated its own claim on the mine under the deal. So the deal was such that Oceana's claim as a lender comes higher than that of ICICI. Again, we don't know the detailed mechanics. We're talking about what the Australian paper has written. Sindhu Trade Links is in deep financial trouble. So, Fitch Ratings or India Ratings and Research has reports on it, has a credit rating. So, this paper is quoting from the December 2020 report where it says Ankur Rustagi, an analyst has said Sindhu's problems were largely part of the poor performance of its coal assets, which included Griffin. So, pins the blame totally on this and he talks about outstanding debt of 130 million with whom? Sindhu, which is being helped by ICICI. Come back to ICICI, the center of the controversy. I wrote to Sandeep Bakshi, Managing Director and CEO. I followed up with their communication team. They refused to respond. I'm not surprised because ABC News in most of its reports also has said that ICICI Bank maintained a complete silence and did not respond to emails. I went to the BSC website, took the email of the compliance officer listed there, wrote to Sindhu Trade Links, asked them if they have comments. We haven't got any reply at the time of making this video blog. Now, Lanco Group has inflicted heavy losses on Indian banks, which have all been paid by we, the people. Whether you have a bank account or not, money goes for bank bailouts from the finance ministry through the exchequer. But the ongoing role of bankers, as alleged in this article, certainly needs deeper investigations. It's not a public sector bank, it's a private bank. So far, I've been focused on public sector banks, where we talk about phone banking, calls from Delhi. But the Lanco Griffin saga is about India's second largest private bank. And this needs scrutiny. And there's already such a major controversy over Videocon, which has been part of our blog two weeks ago. You've been reading the headlines. And... Why will they get away with not saying a word, not answering, saying nothing? Can ICICI Bank get away with such arrogant silence on such a serious issue? And remember, ABC News calls ICICI Bank the puppet master in this deal of holding on to Griffin. Who's taking the decision that this coal mine is important if there are simple issues like the cost of transportation of the coal? And if it has gone bad, who is taking the decision in the bank to say keep pumping in money instead of, as the auditors say, walking away? These are people from Australia saying that you cut your losses, walk away, but ICICI Bank is pushing the can down the road. Also, is ICICI Bank acting alone or is there a syndicate of banks? Are there other Indian banks? We have no answers. Will the banking regulator ask questions now and tell us? Why ICICI Bank has plunged in more than a billion dollars into a hopeless bet on, a for, on foreign soil? Finally, isn't this the time for ICICI shareholders to start asking questions? If you are one or even if you are a concerned citizen, 
spread the word get somebody to ask these questions it can't be we asking the questions alone and hitting a wall of silence when you send emails to icici if you agree do subscribe to our videos get knowledgeable about what's going on and really do your bit by spreading the word thank you